Well, welcome to uh, week two of Poured Out, a life of work and worship. Last week, uh, we, we talked about how good work is, that work is built into the creator order, that God is a worker, um, and that, that we can too, by in, our imitation of him, is to pour ourselves out in work. But it was a very positive, uppity, yes, work is good, work is great, um, but at the end of the message, we, we found out that it's not all, uh, you know, roses and rainbows. And so uh, let's take a look at the very last verse we, um, we, we hit last week. Um, this is Solomon in Ecclesiastes. He's saying, I denied myself nothing. I refused my heart no pleasure. And he, I took delight in my labor. Labor was good. This was a great reward for all my work to see all the amazing things that I had done. But wait, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was hevel, meaningless. Uh, the, the Hebrew there is like, pah. Um, it was just a, it was a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And the idea is, is that no matter what we do, eventually it's gone. Eventually it's gone like the aquamarine pews that we used to have right here. No matter how good your pews uh, might be, at a certain point they're going to be gone. We're going to find out that it actually gets even worse. Work, um, we're going to pour ourselves out into it, but, but it's not as cheery and, and, and hopeful as we might have thought. And so let's look at today's uh, text. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to be honest in our theology of work. What is work? What's it like? But then ultimately we're going to try and, and build back and say, even though this is a reality about work, there is, there is hope. And, and here's how we can push back against um, the curse. So let's, let's look at uh, Genesis 3 together. Uh, the, set it up for you if you're not familiar. This is right after uh, Adam and Eve have eaten the, uh, the apricot or the apple or whatever it is. And uh, they followed the advice of the serpent uh, who was sort of channeling uh, the enemy's um, desire. And so as a result, they're going to be expelled from Eden. And I want to be really careful about how we think about this text because typically we think that God's uh, going after human beings and really making things hard for them and bad for them. But that's not exactly what's happening. So let's read it together and then we're going to take very, we're going to be very careful about how we see it and we're going to understand why work sucks. All right. So the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you shouldn't eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. He goes on. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, you are dust. And to dust you will return. This is obviously very bad news, okay? But I don't want it to be, I want you to understand exactly how bad it is and how bad it's not, okay? So the first thing we need to recognize is that God's actually not doing a whole lot of stuff to us. In fact, you'll notice God doesn't curse Eve, doesn't curse Adam. The only cursing that goes around is to the snake and to the ground, Okay, and, and more than that, it's not as though uh, God's 
There's, there's a certain amount of God's expelling people from paradise, and here are the realities of life when you are no longer a part of, of the garden, the place that I made for you. This is, it's not so much God's doing stuff to people, it's us having to come to grips, come to re, the reality of what happens when we, we stray outside of the place he made for us and, and what that Im- implies for us. So let's take a look uh, at, at the text a little closer. I will make your child, uh, pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Uh, that word for uh, pain there, that's, uh, that's not the usual word for pain. It doesn't mean physical pain. Um, throughout the, the Bible, it usually means something like emotional distress, sorrow, fear. So in fact, the King James actually does a better job translating this. The King James says, I will make, your so- I will make you sorrowful in childbearing. Um, exceedingly sorrowful, uh, with, with, um, with, with sorrow and emotional distress, you will give birth to children. The reason that's important to note is that uh, if anyone's, has anyone here witnessed a birth? Pretty rough. Uh, and, and I don't think there's anything that, like if, okay, so Kira, Kira gave, was she, nine pounds, is that right? Seven, seven what? Seven, twelve, I don't know what that means. How many ounces are in a pound? Ah, makes more sense. Seven pounds, 12 ounces. That's a good-sized little man there. Uh, and he had to travel through a very small tunnel to, to come to us. Okay, so, so that was always going to hurt. Right? There, there's, no, there's no universe in which that wasn't going to hurt. What God's saying, though, is he's saying, now that you've, you've uh, forfeited access to my paradise, the, the place where I am there to comfort you and be with you and walk with you, guess what? Now you are going to experience something even beyond the physical pain of birth. You're going to experience the distress, the fear, the emotional sorrow that comes with knowing that this is, could kill you. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. God's not saying, ha, 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 Eve, I'm going to put a man in charge. No. What God's saying is that you were in, in my, my place, where I was the one who walked with you and, 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 and managed your relationship. Guess what? When you're out of, outside of here, you know what's going to happen? You may not like to hear this, Eve, but... There's a difference between you and Adam. And it comes down to the fact that he's physically more powerful than you are. And you are not going to have a choice. Because the men around, in general, are going to be stronger than you are. And as a result, they will have the opportunity, and they will take it, to oppress you. I quit on that, uh, that new Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. How much, it was like billions of dollars or something to make this thing. Uh, and what a, what a terrible waste. They, they flushed all that money right down the toilet. Um, and the reason I was so upset about it was because I, uh, I've never read what it's based on, but I have read Lord of the Rings quite a few times in my life. And I'm aware that the character of Galadriel, uh, the elf uh, queen, like she, she's, she's awesome, but she's awesome in a weird way. She's awesome because she has incredible grace and power. Uh, she's awesome because she's reserved and yet um, is wise beyond all imagining. Um, and she's flawed. She, she's a person who, who she's tempted by the ring. What the, they just threw all that out. 
And they turn Galadriel into a warrior princess. And so in the first scene, she goes, and all the, all the male elves are terrified of this snow troll. She's like, ah, you silly little men. I'll take care of this. And then she flies through the air and, like, cuts its head off. And then all the guys are, like, scared. And, like, she, why are you scared? Everything's fine. It's me, Galadriel. They're like, this is a terrible, di- difficult. She's like, it's not difficult. I'm the best. I'm not cold. I'm 104 pounds. I'm fine. And I, the, my issue was, I was like, I, was like I, I am so sick and tired of, of just completely divorcing. And I'm all about girl power, okay? I love it. Princess Leia, two thumbs up. Ripley from Aliens, a 12 thumbs up. But what I'm not about is just divorcing, um, to, to pretend that the reality isn't there. Um, the reality is there, and it's caused a lot of pain and suffering over, over the years. And, and, and for us to not recognize the damage that's happened because the men have the power to, to rule because they're physically, that's, 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 that's not a good thing to do. Also, they turned the hobbits into, like, hobos. And I was like, what? Anyway, uh, so don't watch it. Cancel your Amazon Prime subscription. Take it to Bezos. Okay, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from. Well, this is obvious. Uh, Anyone who's tried to garden knows that it's difficult. Uh, And it goes on. uh, God says this. There's going to be thorns and thistles. Right? That's the next part of the text. There it is. Thorns and thistles. So even though, uh, see, in, in, in Eden, the paradise, when you planted something, whoop, tomato tree. That was awesome and easy. Now when you try to plant a tomato tree, there's going to be challenges. Sometimes the, the, the ground's too dry. Sometimes brambles grow up around it. And it's hard to, it's, tomatoes don't grow on trees, do they? <laughs> the tomato vine, right. I know a lot about farming. <laughs> Okay, by the sweat of your brow. It used to be super easy, but once you leave my place where I'm in charge, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And so I just have a couple of pictures here of, of the things that God's saying. God's not, he's not like, he's not trying to punish Adam and Eve and make their lives worse. He's cluing them into the reality of what life is like when you get out of his paradise. And so we know, I mean... It's, it's tragic, uh, the, uh, the abuse that's taken place, the physical and the mental and the emotional abuse of women has been rife, and it's been rampant all throughout human history. Um, it's, there's, you know, rape is a reality because we're no longer in God's paradise. Childbirth can kill you. It's scary. I mean, I, whew, I was like, man, I'm certainly glad that Aaron's doing this and not me. And, and, and ranching and, and farming, it's, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard work. You have to wake up early, grind it all the way until dark. And so what God's saying is he's like, look, work is good, but guess what? Now, in this reality, and this is the first thing in your note sheets, the curse makes work really hard and really dangerous. And again, the curse is, yes, on the ground, but it's, all, but it's, it's really the, the, what's, what's cursing about it is that we're removed from the, the, the Eden that God gave us. And so it's worth asking a few questions, right? And the first uh, is this. What work really bums you out? We all have it, 
And we need to be aware of it because there is work that causes depression, that breaks us down. It, and we need to be aware of it so we know what to expect. And the second question is this. How do you see the effects of the curse in your own working environment? And by working environment, I mean that, that could be marriage and family. That could be your job. It could be whatever. But where do you see it where, where uh, what should be simple has become difficult and soul-grinding? Because that right there is the, is the result of being ripped out of Eden. Right? That's all true, isn't it? Hmm. Severe distress and pain in childbirth. Women being ruled by men. Uh, ground that is, is, doesn't produce the way that we necessarily want it. Thorns and thistles coming out of the ground. Uh, the sweat of my brow is how I will make my living, and that's how I'll eat. That's, is that, wait, is that true? Take a look at these pictures. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. There's a saying that the gun nuts love. It's uh, God made male and female. Samuel Colt made them equal. Inventor of the handgun. There's a, it's a, a nine-year-old girl. Uh, she obviously lives not in a city. And uh, there's this great viral video where she's like dual wielding. She's <laughs> the one, the gun on the left uh, goes out. She just tosses it away, finishes off the gun on the right. And the the, the tweet, the tweet from her dad was, "One thing I can tell you: say what you want, but no man will ever disrespect her." <laughs> I mean, right? Like some dude is like, "Oh, I'm big and strong." She's like, "Are you strong enough to withstand the nine millimeter?" Nope. Childbirth, I mean, it's still pretty wild, but, I mean, have you heard of epidurals? It's pretty wild. I mean, that's really wild, right? I, I, I watched, um, in, in Aaron's first delivery, the epidural came late, and so she, it was just awful. And at one point, instead of crying, I just started laughing, because I was like, God, this is ridiculous that you would do this to anybody. Uh, but, but then, uh, in the, the next two, we got the epidural, and wow, that was great. I mean, I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. It wasn't great, <laughs> but it was a lot better. Uh, come on, I'm trying to make a point. Just go with it. <laughs> What's that? Oh, next picture. Move it. The fem, the fem, remember, I'm, I'm a feminist too. I'm just saying that we have made some progress there if, if we want it. And moreover, remember that the thing that, that, that God was really saying is the distress, the fear, the emotional. We, there's, there is that, but we've lessened it here in the 21st century in the West in hospitals. Uh, the next, the combines. Does anyone really collect wheat with their hands anymore? Nope. Not here. In fact, the combines now, you don't even have to drive them anymore. Because they put GPS in them, and so you go one time through the fields, it memorizes where the field is, and so all you have to do is press play, and your machine goes and harvests all the wheat in your field. 
And let's be honest, I have never, I sweat a lot, but one thing I've never sweated doing was trying to get food. Colleen likes to have the office at about 72 degrees, sweltering for me. Uh, I would prefer 68. But even at 72, it's not that bad. What's going on? One of the things that's happened over, you know, the thousands of years since Adam and Eve is that human beings have done our absolute best to reverse the curse. We've tried. And, and I think it's, there's nothing in there that God says like, oh, he will rule over you, and that's a good thing. It doesn't seem like God's happy about it. In fact, God's probably very excited about um, us trying to push back against some of the excesses of the patriarchy, right? I, I don't think God's mad about that. I don't think God is, is upset that we invented combines that can now harvest wheat without, you know, getting our, our hands bloodied. I don't think God's upset that that childbirth is, is much more beautiful and much less frightening than it used to be. I don't think God's mad that a lot of us can make a living um, by typing on computers. You just think about this. Uh, so it's 2022, right? A hundred years ago, a uh, hundred years ago, there were no, I mean, not no, but very few of the following items. There were a few refrigerators. Uh, there were no dishwashing machines, no laundry, certainly no cell phones. What it was like a hundred years ago to manage a household? Backbreaking. So is it true? Did we, did we succeed? Is, is really the issue that all we need to do is look at what's going wrong in our work lives and in our personal lives, and, and, and if we just have to find the right technology to fix it. Is that what's happening? Is that our opportunity? Is God out there being like, hey, you can fix it? Uh, they did a study in 1970. This guy, Venak, I think, he was a, uh, a sociologist. And he went back and he looked at the diaries of um, housewives, homemakers, uh, in the 1920s and 1930s, and, because diary keeping is something that people used to do. And, and, they, and, and he, he read what, they, what their day was like, okay? And he, and he, and he guessed, or he, he, he figured that based on what he read, that um, it took about 60 hours a week to keep the home in more or less good order, Right? And then he surveyed all the women, uh, both working at the time and staying at home uh, in, in the United States, and he asked them, how much time do you spend a week, you know, keeping the house, doing household labor, chores, children, whatnot? And they said, 85 hours a week. Really? And he was stunned. Um, and, and, and since then, in the last 40 years, uh, these studies have been repeated a number of times. And it seems to be true that despite the fact that we are, are, are drowning, literally drowning, not literally, figuratively drowning in labor-saving devices, human beings are working now more than ever. Sociologists, are, are, they're, all, they're, they're confused by this. They don't understand why. But it, it turns out, it turns out 
that um, one of the reasons is that uh, the, our, our focus has shifted from doing X to doing something else. So uh, one of the things they'll say is that uh, it used to be that you um, went down uh, the street to the local grocer or whatever, and you got the food for the meal, and then you came back. Now you have to drive really, really far to a supermarket. You have to wander around because you have so many choices. And then uh, you come back and you put stuff in the fridge. Um, and then you have to take your kids uh, to soccer practice. And then after soccer practice, they have to go uh, to rock climbing. And then they have to go to Awana. And, and you're driving them around the entire time. And then after you do that, uh, while they're there, you come back and you vacuum. What it turns out that human beings have done is we have the ability... To work a lot less, but we don't. That in fact, um, the time-saving devices have made things worse. One thing uh, to, to note, right? You know how many clothes people had, middle-class people, 100 years ago? Not many. So they didn't have as many to fold. How many uh, pots and pans and plates and cups? I have 17 thermo flasks. <laughs> and I'm always looking for another one. Uh, I was at a uh, men's prayer breakfast on Thursdays. You should come. It's, uh, Scott Roberts hosted. Um, we were talking a little bit about some of these issues. And I remember Lou was talking about how uh, when he started out on the police force for the, the Orange County Sheriff, what he could do is he would go on patrol and no one could bother him. If they wanted to get a hold of him, they had to wait until he got back and the person called a secretary would give him a message. And now, every single person here is accessible 24-7. God didn't do that to us. God recognized something about us. That as human beings, we are corrupted. We're broken. And even though we try to push back and try to reverse the curse, we can't. Doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Because like I said, it's probably better to have a culture in which a woman can't be easily beaten by a man than one that's not. But what we shouldn't think is that we're ever going to get away from being us. That's the next thing on your note sheets. Despite our best efforts, we can never fully reverse the curse. But that doesn't mean we can't try. Which uh, brings up a couple of questions. Uh, the first is, how do you do it in your own life? What is, it that, uh, what is it that you're doing or have done in the past to try to make the effects of curse, the, 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 tire, the toilsomeness and the, and the weariness that comes with work and labor, and, and you've tried to, to get away from it, to push back on it? I'm a big fan of the air fryer. It used to take 20 minutes to make chicken nuggets for my children. It now takes 10. Number two, 
are, 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 you, are you putting your faith in, in the science and the technology? If, if, if they just create the next new thing, I'll finally be... Because it's not going to happen. Even if they fix the problem that you have now, you are going to create another one. So there's a little bit of good news there and a little bit of bad news. The good news is that, yes, we can uh, go against some of, we can push back against some of the effects of being removed from paradise. But the bad news is ultimately we're never going to fully succeed. And if that's the case, and if Solomon's also right, that everything we do is a, is, is a breath of wind, a breath of air, and, and it's, and it's, it's going to fade at some point. If it's true that nothing lasts forever, then, then what do we do with work? What is work for? Where is the actual meaning? The very end of the Bible, one of the last things that Jesus says to us in Revelation is about work. And he says this, Look, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. What Jesus is saying is, is that he's, he's coming back, and, and, and he's been watching. God has been watching um, us and, and seeing what we've done with the opportunities that we've had. And some of those opportunities are rough. Some people here, I know that the, the nine to five, the grind is horrible for you. But God is watching. And yes, it's true that whatever it is you're doing for whatever paperwork you're pushing, that in the end, it doesn't really matter. God's still watching to see how you do it. God's still watching to see, what are my children doing? What, what, is, my, what is my son or daughter doing with this? And what God is looking for is that attitude of, of, of humility, of, of hard work, of staying with it, of keeping the faith, of hanging in. And when that happens, when that's your posture towards the various things that God set before you, the opportunities you've had, when that's your posture, what God says is you will be rewarded. This is not, by the way, uh, about being saved, okay? This is only for Christians, Right? It's not like you're working, what, you have, what you've done to show God that you deserve heaven. No, this is about the rewards of heaven. This is about what's going to happen in heaven that, that is special for, all, for every single one of us for the, the, the work that we do. And then Jesus says this, and this is what's so important. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Uh, Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, I've... I am first, I am last. Everything that's happened in between is summed up in me. I'm part of all of it. And what that means, part of the implication is that when Jesus comes to the earth, when he comes to, to the world, when he's incarnated to live with us, he experiences and succeeds and, and fights through all of the various things that we battle with. And one of those is work. This is uh, Aaron's favorite episode of The Chosen. That's that uh, show. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I don't. But uh, there's this one episode where Jesus is almost not in it at all. It's because he's out with the crowds, and he's healing, and he's blessing, and praying. He's doing, and then the disciples are just kind of sitting around talking about their lives and him. And at the end of the episode, Jesus comes back, and he's, he's gassed. He's exhausted. 
And that's actually, I mean, the scripture indicates that that's what happened. There were times when Jesus was just wiped out from doing what he was doing, from accomplishing his mission, his work, his healings, his exorcisms, his wanderings. All of those things took it out of him. And in Hebrews, it says that he did that. He, he, he went for that. Why? He despised the shame of the cross. Why? For the glory that was to come. And so what happened to Jesus is what's going to happen to us. When Jesus worked hard and was exhausted and, 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 and tired and, and didn't know, when he, when he went through that, it was all coming to a, a big circle so that when he was raised and glorified and, and set at the right hands of the Father, he was imaging being a, a figuration of what we will experience. So yes, I know, work sucks. But if you do it for him, you will be rewarded. That's the last thing on your note sheets. Jesus worked and was rewarded. You will be too. And so ask yourselves, who and what am I working for? Am I working so I can make that next car payment? Am I working for my boss? Am I working for myself? Because what God is calling us to do is to pour ourselves out in our work for him and for his kingdom. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, you know what it's like for us outside of the garden. You know the thorns and thistles. You know um, the way that work can become depressing, that it can create fear, can tire us out, leave us gassed, exhausted. Jesus, you know that because you did it too. God, may we not find the meaning in our work in creating something, this, that. Maybe we just recognize that, yeah, ultimately, it all fades. But your kingdom doesn't. And what we do here and now for you lasts. And comes with a reward. We can look back and say, Jesus, we did it for you. We did it for this. Holy Spirit, give us um, energy and power so that as we work, we don't grow, grow weary or fatigued. Give us fresh life and vision for how we do what we do. And Father, thank you for sending your Son to show us how to work. In his name we pray. Amen.